From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for July 22nd, 2009 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Worling. Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. And in the peanut gallery are, like, like everybody. Teresa uh, Eccles is back there. Uh, Taylor, who is Julie's sister. Uh, Max, uh, Teresa's son. Walter, and my brother, Kevin. So this room is packed with people right now, which is, like, really weird. But uh, uh, in this week's show, Kevin Close has a review of Fulton's Crab House at Downtown Disney. Kathy Worling and our special correspondent, Dave Parfit attended the 40th anniversary of the Apollo mission at the Kennedy Space Center, and they'll have a report on that. And John Magi has a new segment for the show that he will not tell me about. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome back, uh, everybody, to the show. Um, uh, of course, we did not have a, uh, a show last week. Uh, as I'm sure most of you know, if you've read the boards, Kevin's father uh, passed away very suddenly a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we decided. It, I decided it was best that we not do a show last week. So um, I hope you all understand. Um, and I know, Kevin, you said you had something you wanted to... I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, I received an overwhelming amount of support. I've gotten letters and cards and emails and private messages. And I've been the recipient of that kind of overwhelming goodwill twice this year. Mm. And I just want to say that I feel very, very lucky. I also wanted to say thank you to everybody who donated money in my dad's name to Albany County Head Start. I know that Dave Parfit and Suzette and Nikki, Nikki Bell and Stitch Lover and Mouse Skywalker on the boards worked to set this up with Albany County Head Start. And I want you to know how overwhelmed they are. They've never had anybody do anything like that. Wow. So um, just a little note about what this money will be used for. The federal government funds Head Start, but they only fund up to a certain percentage. It's then up to Head Start to what they uh, to receive what they call in kind donations, meaning that to make a hundred percent, they get a certain percentage from the government. They have to raise the rest, mm-hmm. also, either by donation or time volunteered, right, or items sent. So this not only goes to help them this year in a bad economy reach that level, but this money is not controlled by the government because this was donated from outside sources. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say that so people know what's going on. Head Start teachers are some of the greatest teachers in the world. They're very, very dedicated. A lot of times these are kids who come from either broken homes or homes where there is no money whatsoever. And it's not unusual for a kid to show up wearing no shoes. Mm. So Head Start teachers out of their own money keep a selection of shoe sizes in their classroom so that when a child shows up, in need they can provide so wow. that this money will be used very very well and i just wanted to say thank you very much for that and this was a uh, this, this is a, a charity that your mother has been very active in my mom started as a secretary with albany county opportunity incorporated that's the umbrella agency that funds head start and she worked her way up from a secretary in the early 70s to when she finally retired she was the executive director of the agency wow so um there's actually a school a head start school in albany named after my mom it's the Anne close first school when i did something yeah it's very cool every year we get a t-shirt from them 
and it's kind of wow. fun to have a T-shirt that says Anne Close First School on it. Uh, but when I did my student teaching, I did part of my student teaching in the Anne Close First School. So it's kind of an it's kind of a real close thing to my family. <laughs> no, no pun, pun intended. intended. Yeah. <laughs> but again, thank you very much. I can't tell you how much it means. And we are going to include a link uh, on the show notes page. I believe there's one already there um, uh, to the uh, Albany County Head Start program. Um, and uh, donations uh, are being asked for in memory of uh, Kevin's father, Richard. So, um, again, uh, we'll have that on the show notes page. So, Can I just go a little bit further sure. and say a couple of quick things? Sure. First of all, um, one of our listeners also lost her mom this week, main gal. Her name is Lynn. Oh, so I'd like that. to send her, our condolences to her. Um, one of our listeners, Kim Chiurgen, mm-hmm. passed another year being um, cancer-free, which Wonderful. is a nice milestone. And one of our listeners is becoming a neighbor today. I wish for Disney. Her name is Liz, is moving to Central Florida as we speak. Wow. <laughs> Not cool. a neighbor to us, right? Let's <laughs> <laughs> make sure. I don't think they make bubbles that big, John. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to say that we wanted to recognize those folks. Cool. Thank you for that, Kevin. Anybody else have anything for housekeeping? I do. We received a couple of boxes in the podcast mailbag. Oh, more uh, more candy. I'm going to pass this one this Don't way first. Don't say it like that. Well, because I'm tr- I'm really trying to lose weight. Hi, Pete, Walter, Kevin, John, Corey, Julie, Teresa, Kathy, and Max. I thought you might like these goodies from a real penny candy store here in Massachusetts. Uh, let's hope it will bring some back some pleasant childhood memories. Enjoy, Debbie who's left in Norway, and George, George Moe from the boards. <laughs> Senor <Empty>. Jorge. <laughs> we might have Thank eaten you. that one. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that inventory list we requested? <laughs> yeah, really, I'm pulling the, out empty bags here. <laughs> never put the empties back in, Kevin. <laughs> they did a really cute thing. Each one wow. has a little label on it. And there's a whole ton of... That looks like a luggage tag and says, Diz Unplugged. Some fudge. Did that one say nothing? Some peanut butter It says candy. squirrel nut zippers. Actually, we didn't eat that. I don't know where that went. Mystery bag. I'll give that to you, John. Oh, that's John's car, Just in case it explodes. <laughs> Sugar babies. That's really cool. It's <gasps> oh. really cute. And he made these really cute disunplugged uh, gift tags. And each gift tag is labeled with what's inside. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane's. Shoes. <laughs> Passies at a peanut gallery. Oh. Throw them at the peanut gallery. Fireballs. Ooh. That's a good use for the peanut gallery. Throw things for you. <laughs> Try not to itch. Fine. Big snow caps. Mary Janes are not from. I mean, I just never ate Mary Janes. Oh, you never heard of the OJs either. <laughs> Bit of hey, honey. Sugar babies. His squirrel, his squirrel nut zippers. I think the squirrel oh, nut zippers tried to eat their way out. What happened? She said that. Squirrel nut zippers. Yep. Mary Janes are little pieces of um, the Berlin Wall. I don't think that I liked them. is why I didn't eat them. <laughs> <laughs> and those Oh, I see sixlets. In the mystery bag. What's in the pop rocks? Six, six oh, pop rocks. Oh, I want the pop, pop rocks. Ro- yeah. I get the Ooh, pop rocks. Is that a Charleston too? Yeah, you go. here, Teresa. Pete, do the pop rocks on the, in the podcast. Sixlets are, sixlets are good. <laughs> you like sixlets too? And gourmet scented pencils. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Gourmet scented pencil. I have a chocolate pencil. 
Thank you very much, Debbie and George. As we Debbie and these, George, uh, that's really cool. That's a really, really thoughtful gift. Thank you. And we received something else, um, and these are individually wrapped, and I believe they're all the same thing. So pass them out as you see fit. Teresa, Corey, and Julie. Do you want to smell my pencil? No, thank you. Okay. Really. <laughs> I already have fireballs, thank you. Kathy. Oh, you know, come on, I gotta edit that out now. What? There was candy that was fireballs. Nothing wrong with that. These are from Nicole Riley. And she writes, uh, it's amazing how fast oh, wow. time flies. It seems like just yesterday we were planning a trip that was more than two years away, and now it's been two months in the past. It's hard to find a way to express gratitude for the time and effort that you all put into this trip. You've given us memories that will last a lifetime. Please accept this gift as a small token of appreciation of all the great memories. Most books are best read front to back, but take a moment to flip through the last two pages. This gift comes from many grateful people. It was like Christmas morning, but some of the children didn't get anything. <laughs> Max. It's just here, like Christmas. Here, Max, you can have my wrapping paper. All right, this is really special. Oh, wow, that's it's awesome. a scrapbook and to describe oh, wow. what it is. This is really special. Prints on ours. Look at his. You have chocolate on your fingers. Oh, I don't. Oh, this is going to get me for clumped. Um, Nicole Riley is Maddie one hundred on the boards. She's my president of my fan club. She is, and she promised not to send. This lamb. is amazing. This is amazing. I don't think it's the same person, Kevin. Oh, it's like a yearbook. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Someone should sing Green Day's "Time of Your Life." Just I want to real quick let everybody who's listening know what we're looking at because I think we've we a nod over it. It's a uh, scrapbook that she put together from the podcast cruise. It's actually not a scrapbook. It's a published book. It's, it's a, a published book, book, but it's got pictures and different things. It starts out with the, the picture of all of us together, and it actually starts with the Muddy Buddies, pictures from the Muddy Buddies, and um, then meet the night before at the Polynesian, a bunch of different Dismeets, all the way up to being on the ship. Uh, our our uh, live recording. There's pictures of that. Um, our party on Castaway Key. This is really really nice. And then in the very back of the book, there are notes from a, a lot of the people that I guess it, it were on the podcast cruise. So if you go to the, like these back pages here. Oh, I didn't see that. Isn't yeah, that cool? Awesome. Like, scrap like a yearbook. Book. Like a yearbook. Right. Yep. And they they signed it. That's really really cool. Do you want to take scrapbooking? I don't. You already started that with our. <laughs> hey, Italy I used trip. to be a scrapbook teacher. If you have any questions, I can. This is. This is fantastic. Nicole, it really thank is. you so much. This is one of the. I think this this ranks is among the most special so. gifts um, I've been sent since we started doing the show. This is this is really lovely. Thank you so much for putting the time and effort and energy into this. That really means a lot to us. What's really nice about that is you know we were Pass running that back around, to Walter so he can see. We were running around and doing so much that we didn't get a chance to take pictures and really bring back anything like that so that's gonna be a nice and the pictures that we do have um that other people have tagged us in and facebook they're all online there's nothing physical that you can hold and look through and show somebody else you always have to bring somebody to your computer this is really cool it's nice it's an order it's awesome very cool thank you very much all right anything else that's it all right we're going to move on with the news our first news story this week it seems as if harry potter fans have another reason to rejoice if the opening of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince and its rave reviews weren't enough cause to celebrate, word is circulating in the theme park industry that the highly anticipated Wizarding World of Harry Potter will allegedly open, I say allegedly, 
at Universal's Islands of Adventure in the spring of 2010. Now, of course, we've been hearing this uh, for a while. We knew that it was going to be either late this year, early next year. I think we had said a few months ago that it was definitely not going to be this year. Um, and Universal's famous for this spring of 2010. Uh, you know, we're going to do we're going to open in the spring. So was Rip Ride Rocket supposed mm-hmm. to open in the spring of 2009? Here we are in the middle of July. It's not open yet. But with that being said, um, word is starting to leak out about the types of attractions that are going to be included. Um, the, uh, uh, the, the, the building of Hogwarts, the school, is actually going to be like the signature ride, which apparently they're spending some obscene amount of money on. Um, no, no word yet on exactly what the ride will be, but what they're saying is they're working on the technology right now so that it will look when you go into the hall as though candles are floating um, throughout the hall and snow is falling inside like it does in the movies. Um, so they're working on some really, really cool... Is that the one that's supposed to be the train? No, Hogwarts is the school. But I'm saying there was, I read about uh, someone who leaked that there was going to be a ride based on the train the, where people were going to get on the train and go to oh, that like could the be. kids do. Yeah, that I hadn't heard. I thought that was going to be that ride. That I hadn't heard. I know that they're redoing uh, du- uh, Dueling Dragons retheming it and uh, the other one the flying unicorn i think is the other one they're they're uh, they're using too the concept drawings look amazing the uh hogwarts is going to be kind of like their equivalent of having cinderella's castle more or less it's going to be huge you're going to see it from across the park it's going to be there it's going to be iconic iconic yeah. right the weenie the weenie exactly exactly so this is a good time to either watch a movie or read one of the books i'm a little upset with her she had refused to allow any of her books to be put on Kindle or any e-reader. She believes that because she wrote the book on paper, you should read it on paper. Really? So Well, with that much money, you know, you can do things like that. You can be particular, hmm. especially this the most recent film now. Uh, how much has it made? $350 million in its first week? Something mm-hmm. ridiculous. I mean, it's Worldwide, ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I was concerned that, you know, now next summer will be the last installment of the Harry Potter series. And I was concerned that, you know, interest would really start waning right afterwards uh, for that area of the theme park. But uh, now I hear that the, the the last movie is actually being broken up into two parts. So you'll have two, uh, a release in the summer of 2010. Harry Potter's going to be like 40. Yeah, really. <laughs> He's going to meet the kids from Twilight. It's interesting. I can't wait, to, I can't wait for it to open. Um, I know Universal needs it. But interesting story, I didn't include it in the news this week because I just saw it as I was coming in to sit down. Uh, Universal uh, reported that their, for their second quarter earnings at the theme parks were down double digits. Uh, well, not the earnings, I'm sorry. Attendance was down like double digits. They pulled out a profit again. This is that They've been doing this every quarter. I don't know how they're doing it. But even though they had double-digit drop in attendance... Their actual net profit was up 13%. Hmm. And they keep doing this. They keep, I don't know how they're doing it. It's the alcohol. <laughs> you know, maybe. I don't could know. It could be the special events. Whatever they're doing, uh, I'll tell you, you know, they're, when you can make money in the theme park business in this economy, you're doing something right. But uh, it would have been a lot better for them had Rip Ride Rocket been open already. But And now the reason I think that the spring 2010 uh, timeline on this is going to happen. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, I think 
I'll make a prediction now. This will be in soft opening for Easter weekend next year. Well, mid, let's say mid-April, mid-April, whenever Easter falls. But this will be in soft opening by then because the international powwow, as I'm spitting on John, the international powwow, which is the big travel industry event that happens in different parts of the world every year, uh, is going to be here in Orlando next year. Yeah. And they are going to want, this is a big deal, this is all the travel suppliers from all over the world. Is this ASTA? No, um, I'm not sure, and I don't think so. I just know it is the international powwow. So powwow is a big deal. brings a lot of people from the industry in. They are going to want this open for powwow. There's no doubt about it. So that goes on, I think, the middle of May is powwow. So I'm telling you, by the middle of May, this will be open. By the middle, they're going to have to. They're going to have to. If they miss powwow, that's going to look real bad. That's going to look really, really bad if, if Harry Potter misses that. So... But uh, also, uh, we're hearing that uh, all the original actors are voicing their roles in the different attractions. So it's going to have the authenticity, which I kind of figured it would. But there was some question going around that uh, they may not be able to get all of the original actors. But I believe they have gotten everybody. So interesting to see what it's going to look like. It's going to be a game changer for Universal, that's for sure. But uh, let's see if they can meet that spring 2010 deadline. All right, our next story, un- unbelievably enough, uh, another sexual, sexually related incident um, happened at Typhoon Lagoon. Last Thursday, a 13-year-old boy reported being molested by an adult male at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon. David Eugene Thomas has been charged and is being held without bond in the Orange County Jail. Investigators believe that Thomas may have molested several other children as well. This incident is now the sixth of its kind at the water parks in Orlando since March. Theme park officials are searching for a reason that the number of reported incidents has been on the rise. The Orange County Sheriff's Department has been reviewing security procedures for the parks and say that the theme parks are working in full cooperation with the law to stop this trend. What is going on? I mean, we've heard stories over the years here and there about stuff like this, but there's an, there's an epidemic. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and does anybody have any ideas why? No. <laughs> Who can figure it out? Right. It's right. so bizarre. You can't get in their head. You can't get yeah, in their exactly. head. It's, it's, well, just, to, so just, sick. just to prove how strangely these people think, first of all, this guy, have you, did you read the quote where he said he admitted to doing it and he didn't think he should go to jail because he's willing to write a letter to all the parents of the kids he touched and apologize as if that were going to be mm. enough well. to somehow satiate it. And then you hear about the last guy who was caught who exposed himself to a little girl. Oh, yeah, his bathing suit. He said he blamed it on the European bathing suit. Then don't wear that swimsuit. This is just the bizarre way their minds If you can't keep his junk in the trunk, wear something else. It's just their minds were completely different than normal people's. They do. Something's just not right there. But um, I think because they feel like it's easy to hide there. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things they talk about uh, in the article. A psychologist suggests that water parks are a temptation to sex offenders because children are often unsupervised and wearing little clothing. Um, but like I said, that's always been the case. And, and like I said, on occasion we would hear reports. You'd see me drowning someone in the way pool. Now, Corey, you worked, at, you worked at Blizzard Beach. How often did you guys come up against this? You know, never at Blizzard Beach, but when, uh, when Blizzard Beach closed for rehab, 
we were all sent over to the Typhoon Lagoon, and I was lifeguarding one time and noticed a guy walking around with a with a camera following this girl. She must have been about 12 or 13, and I'm just seeing him. It, it just looks so out of place, and he's walking around following her, taking pictures, and I saw him go back to the gift shop, buy another camera, and find out where she was and taking photos. Come to find out, I called security, and he was a cast member on his day off, and they mm-hmm. looked through all of his photos, and it was two cameras of just this girl it was only a typhoon but never a blizzard you know is it something about typhoon lagoon you know my my only thought is maybe that their wave pool there's a lot of times when those big waves come that it just pushes everybody into each other so maybe these guys think that they can get away with it like oh i just bumped into you it or was maybe the wave the, or maybe in their heads they didn't do anything wrong yeah, yeah. oh the wave pushed me into her mm-hmm. i couldn't help myself yeah yeah i don't know but it's um um, I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, six reported incidents now since March, uh, and that covers not just Disney's water parks. That also includes Wet n' Wild and Aquatica. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. But I do think parents do need to keep a better eye on their kids because I've been at the water parks and see little kids running around all over the place with no parents. So. Well, I mean, I think it falls into that uh, that lull that you get when you come on mm-hmm. vacation at Disney. I'm in the the happiest place on earth, which translates into the safest place yep. on earth. And people can be forgiven for feeling that way. I, I've said it before: Disney security is top notch. They really go, they put a lot of money and invest a lot of time and effort into their security procedures. So I really can't fault Disney right. uh, for this. But uh, you know, it's you. So you have this sense of you know you're on vacation. Everything is themed perfectly. Everything's pretty. You, you you feel secure because, for the most part, it is secure. So, yeah, you let your guard down a little bit. Do you think there's any way that they could, like, connect, like, the Orange County, you know, correctional facility, like, you know, fingerprints and stuff with those little, when you enter the, the gate? You Let's hope not. Pr- fingerprint? Let's hope not. That, uh, no, I'm just saying, I'm talking about civil liberties. To, know, to identify yeah. the sex offenders, yeah, they can't get in there. It's, uh, it's a slippery, for, for me, from a civil liberty standpoint, that's a slippery slope. Um, when when you start getting fingerprinted walking into a public place, um, that ooh, it's, but it's already ch- happening. Well, according to Disney, um, it's your fingerprint is not being read. Uh, it's only points on your finger that okay. are being read. Um, what we had heard was that the, the company that manufactured the system for them said that it's only a matter of changing a couple of lines in the software and it reads the entire fingerprint. It's not like when you put your finger on it or run your print through a database. We were at the Magic Kingdom for the annual passholder preview of uh, Hall of Presidents, and no one even asked me to do that. They, I just put my ticket through and went through. I didn't... I'm surprised. I usually show my license. They didn't even ask for that. And it, Do you remember? Mm-hmm. We didn't? I, also don't, I don't know if that would really catch anybody, Julie, because these people weren't convicted sex offenders oh they weren't convicted no, oh. none of them had any past records of the ones i've read maybe i was wrong but um like i said it becomes a slippery slope yeah and from it like i said from a civil liberty standpoint it becomes a real slippery slope but i you know i think what you're going to see happen i think disney is going to have multiple cameras trained on that wave pool uh i think they're going to have more people watching those cameras 
uh, they don't want these stories out there. This is right. this this type of story. Maybe they'll is, put more coordinators out and not just lifeguards. Because the lifeguards are looking for people drowning. Yeah. They're, they're, they're looking at As the bottom of the pool. Right. They're not really focused on one person. I was that day because it just stood out, and I was at the creek. Right. So I was bored. Um, <laughs> so I was looking for something. But, you know, going along the lines of people letting their guard down, it's not only with the – these guys it's the uh people who leave their bags on their chairs people yeah. that leave their strollers parked with like everything they brought everything in, the park. in it, yep. it it's amazing how trusting people are when they come to disney well a good a good segue into supervising your kids is our third news story this week steven and kimberly simmons have been arrested for leaving their foster children aged two and four alone in their walt disney world hotel room for two hours Housekeeping staff at the Caribbean Beach Resort entered the family's hotel room at 2.20 p.m. last Friday and found the two children, a boy and a girl, in the room alone. After waiting five minutes for the parents to return, hotel, uh, hotel security contacted the police. Security tried to locate the couple for two hours, and at 4.15 p.m., they found them at the resort's pool. Kimberly Simmons, a school counselor in Michigan, told police that she had taken a six-year-old nephew swimming and was aware the two children were alone in their hotel room. The couple didn't seem to be concerned about leaving the children alone and said they had done it before. Michigan's Department of Children and Family Services have taken custody of the children. What goes through your minds? A two- and a four-year-old? What kind of stupid do you have to be? Right. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the mugshots? Yeah. Yeah, oh, lovely people. This is a case where I think profiling should be implemented. <laughs> <laughs> they look like people who would leave their kids in a room. It really did. I thought the same thing. It's like when you check in, I'm sorry. You've got crazy written all over your face. <laughs> yeah, really. You can't stay here. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, I mean, thank God nothing happened. Thank God nothing happened and these kids, you know, were all right. But it makes me think of, uh, was it Madeline McGann? Yes. Um, the, the, the little, the little girl, girl in Europe. In Portugal, was, was it? it yeah. was in, they were They were from the UK. They were vacationing in Portugal or something like that. And... They went to have dinner with their friends and left this little girl alone in the hotel room, and they haven't seen her since. Um, you know, this is sheer stupidity. And that these guys are foster parents, I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. You know, sometimes as a and parent... And she's a school counselor. She's a school counselor. Yeah, that's scary. I said sometimes, you know, as a parent, when you're on vacation, <clears throat> you know, you're thinking there are things going on outside your room, but those are your kids. Why would you ever... Go out to the he can barely be in the next in the room. room. Yeah. And babysitting, <laughs> in-room babysitting is so readily available. Mm-hmm. Okay, If it's that important that you have to go to the pool without those two kids, then you call and you get a babysitter. An adult, or a responsible adult, needs to be in the room with those children. Or one can go to the pool and one can stay in the room. Right. If they already were taking the six-year-old, why not bring the other two? Uh, exactly. There was somebody that said on the disboards too, that they were at Typhoon Lagoon, and somebody had left their child sleeping on one of the lounges and they sat there and waited for an hour or something and no parents and finally security had to come and get that child and take them away but why and the parents you? were angry when they came back yeah. and the child was gone mm-hmm. but i mean why would you leave your child sleeping and then go off to ride the rides i don't know i don't know i uh, there should be a test to be parents i'm sorry <laughs> You have to have a test to drive a car. You failed. Sorry. You have to have a test to take a marriage or get a marriage uh, blood test for it. There's tests for everything. 
They should test people to be parents. I like, used to always say to people when I did car seat safety that they came up with all these excuses why their kid didn't need to be in a car seat. And I says, well, now how do you tell your child 15 years later when they're disabled or something's happened, well, mom and dad did want to take the time to secure you properly? How do you explain that to your kid? I learn more about Kathy Whirling every week. I know. <laughs> she was a scrapbook teacher and apparently taught car seat safety oh, and lived in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want the list? I have a She's wild been, and No, it's more fun letting it just sort of unfold. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, folks, in case you didn't get it, common sense. Unless you want us to alone. talk about you? Don't, yeah, don't leave your kids alone in the room when they're that young. And they're a little older, that's a little different. But Yeah, know. when they're 13 and they don't want to hang out with mom right, and dad. Right, that's and different. <laughs> but two and four, and that's pushing it, so. All right, that will do it for the news this week, folks. Uh, we're going to move on to the weather. And uh, looks like we're getting back into the 90s. We've had, you know, there was a slight break from the heat. It wasn't quite so offensive uh, the last week. But uh, we're looking at uh, highs in the, uh, in the low 90s uh, during the day. At night, the low is going down into the mid-70s. Still kind of still warm, but not quite as bad as it was few weeks back um again it's uh florida in the summer expect storms every day uh, they haven't been well we had one the other day that was was brutal that came through um but for the most part they haven't been too bad lately we've been having some really violent ones out in st cloud yeah but not really like every bad. day like remember every day you, you've been getting them yep. in st cloud every day huh. every day severe lightning High winds knocks the cover off the car almost every day. Wow. Yep. No, we haven't been getting that up here. Mm-hmm. Have we? <laughs> and I'm sleeping through it. Is <laughs> <laughs> Who's knocking on my door? So, but, uh, yeah, it looks like about 30% chance of uh, rain every day next week. So, uh, And there is a tropical storm off the coast of Africa. And the crisis music has already started. Yep. Oh dun, my dun, gosh. Dun. All right, which one should we use? We have we have two. I like the bass in that one. That's pretty cool. That's a oh, little yeah. river dance. <laughs> that sounds like something. This is a little angry up. villager. <laughs> <laughs> so which one? Which one's our crisis music? The, the first, first one. one. The, the first, first one. one. Yeah. The first one. Okay. So that becomes very our Michael crisis. Flatley. <laughs> 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 oh goodness! All right, so that's there was a visual there. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, let's go ahead and move on to rapid fire. Who would like to go first? I'll go. I have a few. I just want to remind people that you only have a few days to book the free dining package offer. Um, you need to book by July 26th, and this is for travel most nights, August 16th through October 3rd. I'm not sure what the availability is like on this. Um, and but. all the restaurants are booked. So mm-hmm. the restaurants are booked, but the hotels are empty. It's not doing as well as it should. Yeah. And there is a rumor that Disney, after this ends, is going to be offering a free quick service dining plan. We have no official word on that, but that's going to be the next promotion that comes up. Is they're going to do free dining with quick service? I think free dining has just become too much of a nightmare. I think you hit the nail on the head two weeks ago when you said people have realized the seven for four was a much better deal. Yeah, it was. And so they've decided that, well, this free dining doesn't seem that great anymore. So yeah. I'll hold out for another better mm-hmm. offer. I think so. I think that's exactly what's happening. I think, uh, you know, free dining was fine a couple of years ago. But in this economy, they want more. And good. They should want more. 
and also, screws to him. And also, um, a few of our listeners know we spent uh, four nights in St. Augustine this past week. Um, and I used TripAdvisor to plan 100% of the trip, and it did not let us down at all. From really? Pick, from picking the, the hotel to the restaurants we dined at to the activities we did, it was right on. Now, of course, if you come to Disney, the Diz is the only thing you need, but a non-Disney destination, TripAdvisor was really helped us out. It was awesome. That's one of those websites where people give their input. Yeah, right? it's all reviews. Yep. All reviews. Yeah. By real people. Some, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there, but TripAdvisor. No, there are having, some people who, yeah, like they'll have like a, um, the one restaurant we came across, the Bubble Room, and it was the same person doing the. Yeah. Uh, there used to be a Bubble Room here in Orlando. There's one in Sanibel. With any website that gets reviews, right you're by. gonna have trolls. <laughs> we did after the first time. Yeah, people just post over and over again. Either it's really good or it's really bad. Or you see a bunch of one post people, and they. Well, yeah, TripAdvisor is also really having a problem with people who work for these establishments or own these establishments going on and putting on fake reviews. Um, so they've got this whole program they're doing now about finding them and you know, reading them. them out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, But, yeah, it's good to know that TripAdvisor worked well for you. Yeah, it did, because we had never been But who before. told you to go to St. Augustine? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody who, at this table. Who could, who could it have been? <laughs> Is he wearing a yellow shirt? <laughs> and rolling his eyes? <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it I up knew to you guys. I knew you guys would love it. And it was easy because it, it's nice and it's quiet. It's much more family friendly than, you know. Much, very I mean, family friendly. I think Ferris had a really good time. And, you know, from downtown Orlando, it's an hour and a half door to door. It was nothing. So, yeah. you're, you know, you're close to Orlando, but you're far enough away that you feel like you're getting away. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Walter and I really like. It's where my sister lives at St. Augustine. Hmm. Another I didn't little? know she had a sister. <laughs> <laughs> from Africa. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Corey. Julie. Do Kathy Bingo one of these days. (laughs) um, Teresa was kind enough to pass hers on to me because mine was forgotten at home. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) SeaWorld is having Halloween spooktacular. Um, These little characters are absolutely adorable. They have, like, pumpkin fish and a big pink octopus. Well, this is the only event where Halloween meets the sea, an underwater fantasy comes alive as youngsters trick-or-treat among friendly sea witches, octopuses. Octopi. Okay, they have octopuses on here. Did they say? <laughs> this is from their website. Oh, octopuses. SeaWorld uh, doesn't know the plural of octopus. Okay, octopi, mermaids, pumpkin fish, and more. Children can dress up in their favorite costume and play with sea fairies. They can learn from a school of fish or dance with an ice witch. It's going to begin um, each day. Sounds like our Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Sea fairies and ice witches, yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about? We just don't turn the light on. (laughs) Oh, I turn the light on. The kids still don't come to the house. They're petrified. I guess they're scared of me or something. Well, it's going to be at 11 a.m. It uh, is included in the park admission. And it's going to be October 3rd, 4th, 10th, 11th, 17th, 18th, 24th, 25th, 30th, and 31st. Cool. Thank you very much, Jules. Kathy? I got to stay at the Villas at Wilderness Lodge. Was that two weeks ago? Something like that. Yeah, some, um, a week and a half. And no, two got, weeks. Two weeks. Got to wondering about the signs that you see on the bus. That I mean, beside the obvious ones of what park they go to. But as I went to get on the one bus, um, there was a little girl dressed in her princess outfit. And the bus driver made everybody stop and let her go on the bus first. 
and the family was even looking like, why does she get to go on first? But as we sat down, they had a custom announcement that said, be sure to ride, to use your royal manners because we had a princess on the bus, which I thought was really cute. So I started, That is cute. You know, I'd never heard that on the bus. I knew that they had, you know, the buses have the customized um, speeches for where you are, and that's all part of their um, Magic in Motion software. So... If you see on the bus, this is all lead back, if it says like Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or Remy, Snow White, Ariel, or the Aristocats, that's telling you the software that's on that bus. And not that everybody needs to know that. That's just sort of like one of those trivia things. But if you ever wondered what that meant, or if you see VIP cast members, that's usually the cast member bus. So When you say it, on, you mean on the scroll? On the scroll, on the marquee up on the front of the bus. And... Sometimes then they also, um, you'll see ones, and, and this is what got me thinking. It started with DH, and I'm now like, hmm, DH, Disney's, Hollywood. You know, I'm trying to come up with all kind of things. That's telling you that that's a bus that's deadheading, that they might have people on the bus, but they're not picking anybody up. So DH stands for deadheading, and then it could be the name of a resort after that. So that's where they're going to now start the route again and the whole part of this magic in motion system is that the theory is is if they notice that there's a lot of people at caribbean beach that need picked up magic in motion since it uses gps can dispatch extra buses there and sometimes we know that doesn't all work but i just thought i'd mention that you know what those signs and and sometimes when you see as a bus is pulling in and the name changes on the bus that again is all controlled by the software, this magic in motion. That it's not the bus driver; it's wherever the office is that manages the GPS. So, hmm. just a little information. Is about there a the sign uh, to tell you that your bus is going to run into another bus? There's a bus parked <laughs> in front of you. Yeah, they need something that like that. <laughs> the room goes silent. That might have been too soon. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, so. it's like wow. <laughs> Well, nobody was hurt. No, nobody was hurt in that one. Weren't 12 people hurt? Not really. <laughs> they were faking. <laughs> oh, Lord. Trapper John went and <laughs> checked him out. Well, thank you very much for that, Kathy. <laughs> that, thankfully, was only the last couple of sentences of your uh, rapid fire that were hijacked and not the whole thing. John, what do you have? I have... Uh, SeaWorld has announced that uh, four Atlantic bottlenose dolphins were just born in Discovery Cove. So apparently they're growing their own food. <laughs> Which is really nice. <laughs> I just think that's cool. If you go to Discovery Cove, you're going to see four new babies. Aww. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, John. Kevin. Cirque du Soleil tickets for New Year's Eve are on sale now. Uh, the showtimes are at 6 and 9 p.m. There's a special finale at each performance and a gift for each guest. There will be specialty drinks for purchase. Uh, the tickets range in price from $149 for ages 10 and up for front and center category tickets to uh, the lowest adult price is $97 for adults. I'm sorry, $83 for adults. Uh, tickets, the lowest price for kids is $73. What do you think the special finale is? The French guy bathes? 
I think I'll come out and hose down the French clown. <laughs> Champagne. <laughs> I don't know what the special finale is. <laughs> the last time they had one of these, one of the fireworks barges tipped over and shot the fireworks into the crowd. So I'd be careful. That was, was at Lake Eola. Well, it happened here. At, um, Did it? Yeah, it happened on New Year's Eve. At, uh, they had fireworks out on uh, Village Lake. And one of the fireworks barges tipped over and instead of shooting up, shot right into the special crowd and served us alive. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> It missed all of the performers, unfortunately. There's a rocket coming at my head. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Kevin. All right. That'll do it for Rapid Fire. We're going to move on to our first segment. Kathy Whirling and David Parfit had a chance to experience the uh, 40th anniversary of the Apollo moon mission, uh, Apollo 11 moon mm-hmm. mission, and uh, out at Kennedy Space Center. And... Uh, I know David recorded a, uh, a piece for that, so let's go ahead and play that, and then we'll come back to you, Kathy, and we'll talk more about it. Greetings, everyone. This is David Parfit, special correspondent for the Diz Unplugged, and I am checking in live from the Kennedy Space Center for the 40th anniversary of the Apollo missions. Got here about 8 o'clock. It is a warm day, and we are waiting to be taken over to the Saturn V Center to see some of the astronauts. I have my dad here, Kathy Whirling, Katie Whirling, and we're going to have a good time. I'll check in with you later. We entered into the Saturn V Center. We're sitting in the Apollo Treasures Gallery waiting for the Apollo astronauts to come in. May I introduce our astronauts? Describe your feelings just before the launch. Well, I thought it was very, very smooth. The three of us felt that all of a sudden no longer will be bolted to the ground. But we felt a little bit of a swaying. Yes. David Perfit of the Diz Unplugged. I represent uh, Central Florida tourism industry. I know that, Dr. Aldrin, you're a big proponent of space tourism. I was wondering if you might talk a little bit about when will space tourism really become a viable option? Well, I live in Los Angeles with Dennis Tito, and he kind of likes being called the first space tourist. Tourism is a, is a general term. Uh, it's uh, To me, it's an uh, adventure travel. It's an extension of uh, climbing Mount Everest, uh, diving down, I don't like climbing, uh, diving down in the French submersible to the Titanic, North Pole, South Pole. That, that's uh, adventure travel. Uh, and, and I think uh, some of the stepping stones to uh, space are experiences which give the participant a better understanding of what space is like. So I'm in favor of more and more people uh, getting to understand what space is like so they'll they'll, they'll be more supportive, I think. The more people that uh, experience uh, going up and coming back down again will uh, build toward an understanding of the complexity of being able to do that. That's really... Uh, space tourism, if you want to call it that. Thank you. So we just finished the press briefing with the Apollo astronauts. So how did you feel, Dad, seeing some of the astronauts like Buzz Aldrin? Very thrilling. Very thrilling. Yes. We exit into the Saturn V Center. 
We're right underneath the Saturn V rocket. Dad, can you point out the part that you worked on? The engine. <laughs> the engines. The big one. Well, all of them, actually. We're getting a special sneak preview of the new Apollo Treasures Gallery that is opening. Now we get a chance to look around at a lot of the artifacts that are here. There are original spacesuits from the 1960s. There are hand casts of the hands of the Apollo astronauts that they use to make the gloves. There are scoops that they use to collect samples from the moon. There's a log book from Apollo 11. Then one of the highlights of the Apollo Treasures Gallery is the capsule of Apollo 14. This is the capsule that actually splashed down February 9th, 1971. There were also artifacts from the Apollo 13 mission, the successful failure that was chronicled in the film. There is a signed rescue book from Apollo 13 signed by Jim Lovell and an appreciation plaque from the Apollo 13 crew of Jim Lovell, John Swigert, and Fred Hayes that was presented to the Kennedy Space Center in 1970. Now it's my pleasure to introduce four-time space shuttle astronaut and Kennedy Space Center director, Robert Cabet. Forty years ago today, the eyes and ears of the nation... Okay, David has the oddest editing style I've ever seen. That was very Monty Python. (laughs) Short and clapping. Let's give him the clap. In the world, we're focused here on the Kennedy Space Center. Focused on a Saturn V rocket and a man who would launch to the moon to do something that had never been done before. Set foot on the lunar surface. And here today, we're honored to have those pioneers to pave the way for us. And we're looking forward to hearing about their experiences. I'd like to take a moment to recognize all the folks who are here working during the Apollo program. If you'd please stand up. Thank you for your service to country, to your dedication to excellence, and your contribution to our nation's space program. With us today are some of the astronauts that set out on these historic journeys. They are legends who represent the Apollo era, including a gentleman who flew the very first Apollo flight, Apollo 7, and a gentleman who flew the very last, the Apollo-Soyuz test project. And now, it is my privilege to introduce to you our special guests, the Apollo astronauts here with us today. So much has been said about the profound change that going to the moon made in, in all of you individuals. And I'd just like to throw a question, repeating a famous quote that is, Get off of my lawn. <laughs> there are no passengers on spaceship Earth. We are all crewmen. We're all astronauts on spaceship Earth. We appreciate every one of you being here today with us and celebrating the anniversary of the historic Apollo 11 launch. The gallery is now open. 
Greetings, everyone. This evening, I'm doing an interview with my father. And Dad was a scientist on the Apollo program. He was an engineer for the Saturn V rockets. Dad came along with us to the Apollo 40th anniversary celebration. And we were just going to sit and chat about it, what we saw, what we experienced, and get some thoughts from somebody who was in the trenches back in the 1960s when they were building these rockets that powered the Apollo missions. So what did you think of the event, Dad? I thought overall it was very good. I thought the presence of the astronauts and that was very nice. So the panel discussion was in the Saturn V Center of the Kennedy Space Center, and you had worked on the engines for the Saturn V rocket. So what was your impression sitting there in the Saturn V Center underneath one of the three original Saturn V rockets? Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it is huge. Yeah. Hope it doesn't fall on you. <laughs> That's right. The listeners for this show, they are people that are planning vacations to the Central Florida area. They're coming to Walt Disney World. They're coming to Universal Studios. Why should someone take some time out to go to the Kennedy Space Center? I think right now with that new portion they've added with all the things from the first landing. The Apollo Treasures Gallery. Right. I think that would really be worth taking time to see. What did you see in there that really struck you? I don't know. Just just the whole array and everything was just overwhelming. The Apollo 14 capsule was something that really struck me. Oh, yeah. So seeing the astronauts there in front of the Apollo 14 capsule, and in particular seeing Edgar Mitchell, the pilot of that capsule, so to think that, you know, that was... That was his home for a few days where he traveled to the moon and getting his perspective of what it was like to be in there. That was actually pretty striking. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the ceremony? Well, to me, it was certainly a thrill to see those eight astronauts. And it was a thrill to be able to, in the years past, work on those engines and make it happen. How did you feel when the astronauts themselves were thanking the people that worked on the Apollo program, asking them to stand up? How did that make you feel? Very good. Very good. That was uh, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Dad, for coming along, letting me see the, the celebration of the landing on the moon through your eyes. Thank you for having me along, David. This is David Parfit signing off for the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you very much for that, uh, that David. Um, my uh, my disappointment was that Neil Armstrong wasn't there. I know he hasn't been at any of the celebrations. Well, for uh, I was I was hearing on the news that uh, um, his reclusiveness uh, came not so much. Well, well, first of all, they were talking about how these guys were picked not with any public relations in mind to be astronauts. These guys were picked because they were experts in a certain area. Um, I mean, these were all test pilots. These people they had you know, engineering degrees, very smart men. But there was no thought of PR, and there was no preparation given to these guys about what was going to happen when they got back. There was also, um, excuse me, there was also no real schedule as to who was going to go to the moon. They flew the individual missions, and as they succeeded and failed, that pushed them ahead in the flight rotation. Right. So it wasn't like, oh, let's pick 
so-and-so because he's going to be a great spokesman. They just went through on their credentials. Right, exactly. And uh, uh, one of the things that Neil Armstrong has said is that uh, you know he doesn't like the notoriety that has come with this because he, w- he just happened to be the guy who got picked for that mission, that this was a massive team of people uh, uh, that made this happen. He w- just happened to be the guy that got picked. It wasn't like he conquered the moon and he doesn't feel that the kind of adulation that is afforded him is worth is worth he's, that he's worthy of it. So he has really, really stayed back. He will not profit from it. Um, he stopped signing autographs because he found out people were selling them, and he doesn't want anybody profiting from that. He doesn't want to profit from it. Um, it's really he's. I, I mean, because I just thought he was like you know. Crotchety? Crotchety, yeah. Buzz but he's Aldrin not. He's not at all. Had a problem with that, too, but then he went the other way and he wrote a, several books. Right. Right, so. yeah. Buzz Aldrin had a different experience. Um, I don't think it was as, as extreme for Buzz Aldrin as it was for Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong being the first man on the moon. I mean, Buzz Aldrin is known and, and respected and loved, but not in the same vein, I think, as Neil right. Armstrong. Neil Armstrong is considered, you know, He's a he's a national hero. He's a you know he's and a you national know that, icon. That tagline when he says "one small step for man," it was supposed to be "one small step for a man." And as he went to say it, he left the "a" out. And afterwards, they decided that that was you know went for the the greater you know image that it was for everybody. We could all celebrate the fact that right. there was a man on the moon. Um, do you all do you believe that uh, he wrote that? on the way to the moon that he gave no forethought to what he was going to say when he got out um, he decided to he wrote that on the way to the moon this sounds like an Eddie Izzard bit one small step for Phil <laughs> <laughs> I don't know some of that stuff I'm always skeptical you know that for something that there's so much big, legend around it yeah yeah for something that big that they just said yeah you know think of something on your way up there that, this feels cool yeah <laughs> but that was the whole thing though is that this these were science missions. These were not. There was no real thought given to the public relations aspect. That there was, from the standpoint that they needed to uh, keep pop- popular support for the program going, uh, in order to make sure that they were funded. Um, you know, it's always been a problem for the space program to get funding from Congress. Um, you know, when Kennedy got assassinated, that provided, I think, the national. Uh, impetus to actually go ahead and do this. This was an extraordinary. Most of the technology, all of the technology they used to get to the moon didn't exist at the beginning of the program. They had to invent all of it. And when you stop and think that the computer that you have on your desk is a thousand times more powerful, at least, than the computer that sent men to the moon. And one of the astronauts was saying, too, that back in those days that he bought one meg of memory for his computer and it was like two thousand dollars or something yeah and he was saying crazy. one of his kids or something gave him a two gigabyte ipod not that long ago that if you would have used that pricing it would have come out to like two million dollars so like how things have changed yeah. over the years let's exactly. not forget michael collins he's the one who kept driving the getaway car right yeah yeah but uh now kathy what'd you think of the event Oh, I, I, you know, I'm a space geek, too. Add this to my list of things you didn't know. Um, no, that we knew. Okay. But to me, the thought, you know, I guess I'm 
dating myself, but I can remember like what I was doing 40 years ago when it happened because my dad and I used to always follow all the missions and we'd have a map up on the wall and we would chart where it was. So to think that 40 years later I was there with my daughter who's into space stuff and to be like this close to the astronauts was just mind-blowing. It was, you know, and it brought back to me why we need to keep doing this because mm-hmm. now it's it's not a popular opinion to to want to do these things but the thing that impressed me the most is we had the chance you know to have our little private like audience with the astronauts and then when they had the bigger ceremony somebody asked well how did this affect your spiritual views being able to go to the moon and doing all this and every one of them said it didn't really affect them because they were so task oriented that you know that you have to do this before you can do this and as they were coming down and landing on the moon for the first time um buzz aldrin was so busy reading like the checklist he wasn't like you know appreciating the fact that he was landing on the moon so i thought that was sort of interesting because you would think i know like if i was up there i don't know if it would you know change me spiritually but i'd be there like oh wow let me get pictures but like they never had that or maybe they've been coached not to say that they were like that I think if any of us went up on the moon, I think there would be but some that's enthusiasm. What make, I think that's what makes those men extraordinary oh, is yeah. they're, not, they're not like any of us. Right. There's a special breed of people that can do that, that can get into a right. – can sit on top of a, a rocket, literally, uh, and have this controlled explosion happen underneath them and hurl them to another planet. Buzz Aldrin I mean, was talking about when they were sitting there before they launched and looking out the window and seeing the waves come rolling in on the ocean and i'm like if i was strapped in on top of a rocket i don't think that's what i would have been looking at i would need a category one yeah it, it, <laughs> space it, shuttle know. yeah those things are tiny mm-hmm. those yeah. capsules were very small and it, it was sort of you know to see these astronauts and you and you had to like think in your head what they used to look like because now they just look like your grandfather yeah you know but it, it was cool and um buzz aldrin wrote the book uh, magnificent, magnificent desolation. So, if you're into any of that stuff, um, he's on a book tour right now. But um, it's a really good book about how it affected him and what all went on. But um, I just thought it was great, and I said to my daughter, "Now she has to come back in another 40 years, you know, and see." Well, by then, those astronauts won't be there. But I don't think so. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. But I really mean, like, special. you know, I mean, like if they would have a ceremony or something to mark. That, but the the room itself where the um, new artifacts are with the spacesuits, and there was the one spacesuit that still has moon dust on it, and you sort of miss it when you walk by, and then you read the sign and you go, oh wait a minute, that was moon dust. Wow! And they have this one. I have the pictures up on my blog, but this one that they had made out of metal that looked like something from one of those um, sci-fi movies, and they found that the spacesuit was actually better for the astronauts. But it was just so heavy that they couldn't use it. But it, you know, just that room. I mean, I have been to the space center. I can't tell you how many times. But to see this new exhibit, it's really worth the trip. And I looked up because I know people are going to ask. Mears runs a shuttle down there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's thirty-four dollars a person, and to get into the space center, it's thirty-eight dollars an adult and twenty-eight per child. But AAA has discounts. A lot of those magazines you see out there have discounts, but it's really worth a day trip. And it only took us like an hour and something to get there from here. And they also have the uh, space shuttle simulator now mm-hmm. out there as an attraction. Yeah, 
I mean, you easily can spend a day there. I mean, you could spend it's it's like oh, yeah. Disney. You can't see everything in one visit. So, yeah. but it's worth going to. Bob would have camped out for this event. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> made a dry run uh. mm-hmm. <laughs> at least one. So, all right. Well, thank you very much for that, Kathy. Thanks for the report, David. We're going to move on to our next segment. Kevin Close has a review for us of Fulton's Crab House. Wait a minute, I have to unfold. I have lots of stuff. This actually, um, several people have requested that we do this. So we have decided to... I really can't wait to hear what you think. Well, I, I whenever I do this, whenever I decide we're going to talk about this, I think, how am I going to approach this? And the way I would approach this is I, haven't, I realized the last time I was here was for my 40th birthday. So it's been 10 years. And the last time I was in Fulton's, it was abysmal. It was horrible. Yeah, so was mine. It was just absolutely, as a matter of fact, up until that point, I described that as the worst experience I had ever had on Disney property. It was overpriced. The food was poorly cooked. It just was not a good experience. So we approached this sort of with trepidation. Sort of thought, okay, we're going to get ripped off here and we're going to have to go back and tell people that. I also, we were also worried that maybe we're developing the the reputation of not being happy with anything. Mm-hmm. Now, it was John and my mom and I, and we went to lunch. We actually went to a late lunch, and it was about 3.30. We had walked in, and we had made an ADR, and the lady said, the elevator is this way. And we said, what do you mean, the elevator? She said, well, we're only serving on the second floor right now. My mom's a little, my mom isn't comfortable in elevators. She doesn't like them. And the elevator at Fulton's is kind of small. So there was some discussion as to whether we were going to actually be able to do this or not. And the the waitress said, listen, hang on just a second. And she, the, I'm sorry, the hostess said, wait just a second. And she came back and she said, you know what? We have a waitress who's just come in. You can sit right here on the main floor. Yeah, that was nice. So nice. we sat right there. And within a matter of a couple of minutes, they started filling other tables. But they just had to make sure that they had a waitress that could cover the downstairs area, which we thought was really terrific. We thanked them profusely. We thought that was a really nice thing for them to do. They didn't have to do it. Uh, We were handed our menu, and the menu is quite extensive. There's six or eight starters. There's a soup and salads section, lunch entree salads. There's Fulton lunch specialties, lunch sandwiches. And then there's a full drink list also. In looking over the menu, we were quite impressed. First of all, the prices were not what I remember. Now, this was lunch. It was also one of those things, sometimes you walk in and you look at a menu and you see one thing you like, maybe two things you like. This was a tough decision. There were things that we all thought sounded pretty good. Uh, We started out with a blue crab crab cake that was $14.95. Now, I have to tell you, that's really expensive for a crab cake. However, this was about the size of a hockey puck. Um, It was a large crab cake. You got a single crab cake. However, it was all blue crab. There was the only filler there was was the barest little bit that held the crab together. So you got a good five ounces of crab. And that's a lot, I guess. It is. It's a lot of crab. And usually crab cakes are a lot of breadcrumbs and filler yeah. and you get a bit of crab here and there. This was lump crab cake. So every bite you took was a bite of crab. It was really quite good. It came with a cucumber and dill salad. It was just delicious and a mustard sauce. Pricey, 
but in our opinion, worth it. We also ordered something called portobello mushroom fries. It was a pretty simple um, preparation. They had sliced a portobello mushroom and battered it and deep fried it. Mm. I, we took pictures, and they'll eventually go up with the blog. These do not look good in pictures at all. However, they were delicious. It was just big slices of fried portobello mushroom came with a mustard dipping sauce. It was nine We've already decided that this is one of those things, you know, people talk about a Mickey bar. I've got to go back and get a Mickey bar. This is one of those things that we will go back and have portobello mushroom fries. Mm. This is worth a return good. trip. Uh, John and I each had a bowl of the crab and lobster bisque. It was seven ninety five. If you've ever eaten in Chefs de France, it's very similar to their lobster bisque. It has a sherry flavoring to it and blue crab and lobster. Now, there were some chunks of lobster and crab in it. This is a matter of personal taste. We eat at Boston's Fish House, and they have a lobster uh, bisque that we think is the best anywhere. We also think Celebration Town Tavern has the best clam chowder anywhere. So we weren't crazy about the lobster bisque. It seemed to be a very popular thing. It seemed to be the one of their signature dishes. It wasn't that it was bad. It was that I neither one of us really cared for the flavor. About half of each portion got <laughs> spit back up. <laughs> oh, he makes me laugh. <laughs> so that, there was nothing wrong with the soup. It just wasn't. It wasn't our favorite. My mom had the clam chowder, and uh, we asked the waitress, is the clam chowder spicy, or does it have a fishy taste to it? She said no, and offered us a sample, and she went and got us a sample of the clam chowder to try. My mom got the clam chowder. She got something called the hook and sinker. It's twelve ninety five. It's a half a sandwich and a cup of soup. You have, there's seven choices. House salad, classic Caesar, crab and lobster bisque, New England clam chowder, fried shrimp, po' boy, blue lump crab club, and a grilled chicken ciabatta. She had the uh, the clam chowder and the chicken ciabatta. She thought all of it was terrific. This was twelve ninety five. This was a good portion. This was a good size sandwich and a full cup of soup. Really liked it. John ordered the fried seafood combination, which was scallops, shrimp, and cod with tartar and cocktail sauce, and crispy onion rings. They called it an onion loaf. It was just onion rings. It was fifteen ninety five. In my opinion, John won. John got this nice big plate of um, seafood couple of really nice jumbo scallops, some shrimp, and a beautiful piece of fried fish. As a matter of fact, every, we were all envious. As a matter of fact, he shared it with us, and we all For $16? Yeah. Mm. It was a really good portion for a, a, what I thought was a decent price, and it was prepared by someone who knows fish. Mm. You can get fish that's just awful. People fry the heck out of it, and it's terrible. This was flaky and moist and just really, really good. And the, fresh, the fish was very fresh. Very fresh. Now, I lost on this round. I ordered something called the Shrimp Po' Boy. It was, I'm sorry, the original fried or buffalo shrimp po' boy. I got the buffalo shrimp. It was a fresh hoagie roll with shredded lettuce and tomatoes, garlic, lemon, roumalade, and tossed buffalo-style shrimp. Mine was eleven ninety-five. Uh, mine came with french fries. My meal arrived, and the french fries were a disaster. I'm not sure the french fries were made today. And I said to the waitress, I just want you to do me a favor, and I want you to feel one of these. She took it in her hand, and she goes, well, that's unacceptable now, isn't it? She said, give me a couple seconds, disappeared, and came back with a plate of beautiful hot french fries. My sandwich 
it just wasn't very good. My role was a soggy kind, not soggy, a spongy kind of bread. It was just, it was damp. It wasn't, it, there was no taste to it. And what they had done was taken small cocktail shrimp, buffaloed them with breading and buffalo sauce. And there were probably, on the whole hoagie roll, maybe 12 shrimp. They chopped up a tomato and some lettuce. For the same price, uh, mine was, as I said, mine was uh, $11.95. For $4 more, I could have had John's meal. These are really reasonable prices. Mm-hmm. The, the, the lunch menu is really reasonable. And the restaurant was fairly empty. And the portions are good? Huge. I thought the portions were great. Huge. Really? Uh, this was really the only misstep... Other than the soup, which, again, there was nothing wrong with. It was a personal taste. Right. This was, compared to the other two meals that were served, this wasn't worth the money. This was like, it was like six inches of bread and then this tiny little strip of shrimp in the middle where they had laid them all flat. It was just this <laughs> mm, it just went, I took pictures of it so you can see it. It, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't a $12 meal, in my opinion. We were shocked. Uh, we had an absolutely wonderful server. She couldn't have been better. As a matter of fact, we talked during our meal that we wish all servers could be like this. She was one of those people who was there with all the answers you had questions to, took care of any issues that you had, and then disappeared. And when your drink was three-quarters of the way empty, she filled it back up. I love those. I love yeah. servers. It like was that. just – and it was unobtrusive. It was professional. It was polite. Everything you want a good server to be. We used, I'm going to jump to the end, we used the Tables in Wonderland card where they add 18% gratuity. Our server was so good that John left her a healthy cash tip on top of that and a personal thank you for being so terrific and offering to come in early. We actually didn't use Tables in Wonderland. I'm sorry, we'll get to that. I'm sorry, there's a different discount. I'm not going to go into that because you have that all memorized. After our really terrific lunch... They brought us the lunch menu. It's the only thing I dessert didn't... Dessert menu. I'm sorry, the dessert menu. I'm sorry. It's the only thing I didn't get a copy of to put on uh, the, the dis- menus section. But we ordered two desserts. We ordered a chocolate creme brulee, which was thick, rich, creamy chocolate custard with the sugar topping and then had uh, fresh berries on top of it. Mm. And then John ordered the chocolate chip sundae. And it came out in a small cast iron frying pan. It was a half inch, maybe three quarter of an inch thick chocolate chip cookie, probably about six inches in diameter with a huge scoop of vanilla ice cream on top and some whipped cream and a little bit of chocolate sauce. There was actual moaning going on at our table. <laughs> the cookie had been warmed gently. Uh, the ice cream was really good quality. It wasn't that, you know, with the stuff with ice in it. It was a really thick, rich ice cream. It might be the best chocolate chip cookie I've ever tasted. Wow. It was that good. We easily could have gotten away with one dessert. Um, half of each of them went back. These were huge portions. These are their two signature desserts, and we wanted to try them both. So right. that's why we ordered both. They do not take tables in Wonderland. I apologize. I misspoke before. They do have a rather confusing discount schedule. John memorized it. They're, they offer two discounts. They offer a DVC member discount and an annual pass holder uh, discount. At lunch, the annual pass holder discount is 20%. Mm. The DVC member discount at lunch is 30%. Get out of here. I swear to God. Wow. 30, we got 30% off our meal. 
Whoa. It was incredible. So it's really kind of a, and, a significant discount. And dinner, it's uh, 10% for annual pass holders and 20% for DVC members. Hmm. But 30% off of lunch. It was a hundred and something dollar bill, uh, hundred and $115 taken down to $80. It's rare that they offer an annual pass discount for dinner. It's usually lunch locations. So if you, but if you're not, uh, if you don't have an annual pass or you're not DVC, $115 for three people? Over-ordering. Over-ordering. Okay. We could have gotten rid of both those soups. Right. We, and they were each $8. We ordered two appetizers. We ordered two soups. We ordered two desserts. So you figured the average family, about $20 a person for lunch? Yeah. If you're if not, not drinking. Right. right. Uh, I just want to mention, too, real quick, the water. I get water with my meal. I usually get the Disney water. It's okay. It's good enough. You put a lemon in it. It's tolerable. The water literally tasted like they took it out of the lake. It was so. It was. It, it was offensive. You couldn't even go near it. So I wound up getting a, a bottle of bottled water. Always bottled water. What's the matter with I, you? Disney I, water doesn't offend me that much. I don't know what it is. I really need to let you know. The hundred and fifteen dollar total was completely overordering, but we didn't think with just the three of us we would be able to get a wide enough variety. A lot of the food that we had ordered went back. Just went back uneaten. Right. Um, that that we did that on purpose. That's not really indicative of what it would cost. I think you're twenty twenty five dollars per person for lunch. Now, when you get there for dinner, the dinner menu is much more extensive, and the price goes up accordingly. We're talking twenty five thirty dollar entrees, things like that. There's also a much wider variety. Also, a really great location, a really great view. We sat right mm-hmm. at a window, so the boats coming. Uh, we could see out. all of downtown Disney. We could see all of Saratoga Springs. We rarely come out of a restaurant review thinking, we will go back here just for leisurely dining. Usually what happens is we come out and think, well, that was overpriced and we can get better elsewhere for less living here. This was one of the places that we came out and everybody's looking forward to going back. There there really aren't a lot of seafood options in Central Florida. Central Florida, we found a couple of really good places. At Disney, this is probably one of the best. Mm I think if you went there for their fish and chips one day, uh, the fish is well-prepared. That's a more reasonable-priced meal. That's a good option. I've never really been tempted to go here. Um, I I know it's a different style, um, seafood, than from Louisiana, but seafood in Louisiana is like a religion. Mm -hmm. So I've never really been tempted to go here, but I think I'd I'd like to try it. They have fresh oysters. We're from New England, and New England is just as proud as of proud of its seafood as new orleans is i see this as more of a new england style it's more uh, seafood. it is yeah. it is more of a new england the fish was cod right it's an east coast kind yeah. of seafood there are there are other options for people who don't eat seafood uh, my I mom thought how the, good those are my mom had the chicken ciabatta sandwich and raved about it okay she had it came with uh, a pesto on it and parmesan cheese and tomato she had everything put on the side however because she's kind of a finicky eater she put it all back together. Hmm. It was really quite good. And when couldn't she couldn't finish it, that and they it came with a uh, really light, frothy balsamic vinaigrette. The sandwich and the vinaigrette went home with us. Hmm. <laughs> so I, I would recommend this highly. This is someplace we'll go for lunch without even when we're not working. And I think it's just a great option. Uh, we have the new menu and the kids' menu. The kids' menu options are... I have lots of paperwork here. 
the kids menu options are there but there's things like alaskan cream crab legs chicken tenders the fish of the day all beef hot dogs snow crab legs a baby shrimp pasta hamburger spaghetti mac and cheese and they're about um now the crab legs are more they're 10 they're, they're 20 bucks for kids they're all about ten dollars so they've got quite a wide variety of stuff I would recommend it highly. Also, they have a bar that's uh, self-serve. You don't need, not a self-serve. First come, first serve. And they have a raw bar. They have outdoor seating areas all around the ship, which isn't really a ship. But great place. I can't recommend that you try it enough for lunch. I thought there was no wait at all. I called up the day of and got an ADR. This was kind of a last-minute thing. And... We thought it was terrific. Oh, good. You just made up my mind because I've been thinking I ate there years ago and haven't been back. So It was a back. disaster the last time yeah, I was there. Yeah, same for me. Yeah. I thought this was really good. And if you if you like mushrooms, we highly recommend. Oh, you know what else they do? I love mushrooms. I love throwing them on the grill like that. This is incredible, oh. Corey. You'll be impressed with this. No, these they French fried. They battered them and they deep fried them. But it's like them. a giant portobello cap that they've cut, so the oh, yeah. french fries are huge. Something else that was really nice, they brought us a loaf of bread and butter, but they also brought us out these um, multi-grain crackers with all different kinds of seeds in them and a borson cheese and crab spread that that was just something they mm. put on the table for everybody. I really enjoyed this. Cool. So, Great. Well, thank you very much. Sounds, uh, sounds like a great experience. It was a very good experience. Good. All right. And last but certainly not least... What is this segment you Actually, want to Actually, we have two things. Mm. Okay. Do it fast. Well, we have the, the we went and saw the Princess Diana dresses. Yeah, let's do that next week. Okay. This needs a little explanation. We I didn't go out it's searching. Like one of your jokes? Yeah, really. These <laughs> need a lot of explanation. We didn't go out searching for a new segment for me to do on the show. This sort of just happened. And because of what happened, I've decided that I can turn it into something it's not something that will be done on a regular basis. It'll happen as it progresses. Just real quick, we were at uh, Downtown Disney. We were at the West Side. We had seen the People's Princess stuff. We'll talk about that later at a different, at a different time and what we thought of that. But it was a really hot day. Kevin and his mom decided to go to the car. And as they were going to the car, I had to use the restroom. And as I was coming back from the restroom, I thought, let me try the get a couple of those Italian ices. You know that Italian ice cart mm-hmm. that's there? So I decided, let's grab a couple of Italian ices. We'll put them in the car. We'll eat them on the way home. It'll be refreshing on a really hot day. This is possibly the worst thing ever. So I'm naming my segment The Worst Thing in the World. <laughs> okay. Mm. This is the worst cart snack item in the world. It's so bad you have to go and try it. <laughs> That's how bad it is. We got a lemon ice and we got a cherry ice. The lemon ice was not that bad. It tasted like the lemons had been in your basement for about a month. Oh. It, my mother described it as, oh, this tastes musty. Had a musty Ooh. taste to it. That's not a word you want to hear with your food. The cherry ice, on the other hand? No, you have to understand. John's walking back across the west side parking lot. It's 102 degrees outside carrying two ice. The cherry ice, it looks like a CSI investigation. <laughs> it's now stained John's hands. It has melted all over my hands. Both of these ices have melted. And I went to wipe it off, and I couldn't get the cherry off. The, the color off my hands. I literally had to go and scrub. 
So there's some kind of dye in there that's not made for human consumption. <laughs> it literally tasted like well, melted sucrets. Oh. Ew. Ew. He hands it to me after we get it all cleaned up, and he's trying to get his hands cleaned up, and we're using bottled water to try and de-stain him. So he's handed me this thing, and I took a bite of it, and I said, I don't want this. He says to me, what's wrong? I said, taste it. Do you remember sucrets? Mm-hmm. Are you, do you? You're old enough to remember sucrets? Remember how they them. made your mouth numb? Yeah. It yeah. actually had that medicinal tingle. Antiseptic. Your throat went numb. I'm pretty sure they used ch- melted cherry sugrets. <laughs> so this is literally the worst. And how much were they? They were like they were like two fifty for these for the smalls, which is basically a Dixie cup full of ice of Italian ice. It is really the worst. So we're calling this now worst the worst thing ever. The worst thing in the world. Okay, the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and as we come across other worst things, we'll add it to our list. But this is literally so bad, you have to go and try it because people are going to think I'm exaggerating. Okay. If you remember cherry sucrets, go and ask for just a sample of the cherry-flavored ice, and you'll see what we mean. <laughs> I was surprised at how badly it stained my hands. It's a great idea for a segment. <laughs> the worst thing in the world? Yeah. It's so John. It is. <laughs> yeah, because I thought I'd keep everything on the positive note. <laughs> I try to find the worst of stuff. But it was just... It was comical. It was so bad. All right, so the, the uh, Italian ice cart at... Uh, West Side, Downtown Disney. Worst thing in the world. First thing on John's list of worst things in the world. Correct. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much for that, John. Thank you for the review. Kevin, Kathy, and David, thank you for the Apollo 11 uh, history lesson. Um, that is going to do it for us this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Stay out of the damn lakes.